This is Ocean Shorts from NOAA's National Ocean Service. I'm Troy Kitch. 104 years ago this month, the RMS Titanic sank after striking an iceberg on her maiden voyage from the United Kingdom to New York City. Nearly three quarters of the 2,200 people on board the ship perished. Titanic tugged at the heart from the beginning because of the circumstances of its loss. It's a maiden voyage. You have all these people on board. There's so much promise. It was, as they say in the movie, a ship of dreams, particularly for those who were on it to start a new life. The fact that that ended suddenly and dramatically, that... You're listening to Jim Delgado, ocean explorer and marine archaeologist. The fact that death cut across all classes, that the richest man on board died, that that had uh, an impact as well as the poignancy of the loss of the families. That played out dramatically because in many ways Titanic was the world's first modern media disaster that played out in real time. And what I mean by that is this was in an age before regular online fast breaking news broadcasts. But there was the wireless transmission, the da-da-da-dash-dash-dash that told the story dramatically that she was sinking, that other ships were on their way, and then ultimately that the Carpathia had arrived to find Titanic sunk and that they'd picked up survivors. And then the wait of a few days until Carpathia docked, and then the story went across the wires throughout the world. It dominated headlines. It inspired more than a thousand pieces of music. It inspired memorials, sermons, physical monuments, and a lot of quiet, private, heartbroken remembrance. When you consider a man who had come from his native Finland, who had arrived with his brother-in-law to raise money to bring his wife and four children home, to have sent the money for her to be on Titanic and to find that that night all of them had died. When he showed up at the White Star Line's office in New York, and stood in line and was told that his wife and children were gone. He collapsed. His friend ushered him to a bench and white-faced. He somewhat came to and stumbled off and never again married, really didn't speak much of it until he died in 1965. That played out powerfully in a lot of households. Those types of stories speak to us still after 100 years. It's literally just around the corner in terms of human history. If you think of it, it's just a few generations. I myself have met and talked to Titanic survivors, all now gone, of course. And in that, in that connection to humanity and in that connection that not only meeting these people and hearing their stories, but the connection that you have when you're actually there, when you see that ship. I think that's why it sticks with us. And Robert Ballard and Jean-Louis Michel's rediscovery of Titanic in 1985 really brought that home. With every visit since, we are compelled in many ways. Titanic is a ship that really never left us. Or shall I say, Titanic is a ship that we really never left alone. This is an excerpt from one of two podcasts we produced on the 100th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic in 2012. Check our show notes for the full interviews with Jim Delgado, Director of Maritime Heritage with the National Ocean Service's Office of National Marine Sanctuaries.